Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We are more than music. We are the 30 for 30 of independent artists and independent music. So if you're looking to connect people to your brand and tell your story, come to Heritage Hip Hop and let's build together. This episode, we talk to somebody who's tri-coastal. That's right, everybody. Someone who has roots in the East Coast, the West Coast, and the South. We are talking to AJ Chaka, like Shaka Zulu, Shaka Khan, a king, a dignitary, and also a young man who's looking to change the world with his music. The journey of a man does not begin in the world. It begins in his mind. His mind is musically inclined and looking to walk every road traveled to share his ideas, to share his dreams, and to share his spirit through the music that he creates. This is a very solid interview, and I would love everybody to pay attention to this one because good music not only comes from a good soul, but it comes from the inspiration that gives the soul its meaning and purpose as well. Tune in, everyone. This is a good interview, and I'll come back with the rest of my commentary at the end of it. Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, where we introduce you to your future favorite artist today, as we have been dubbed by the music community the 30 for 30 of independent artists. And today, not only do we have a real one, we got a real story to connect you not only to his music, but to his story and his life. Introduce yourself to the people, please. Peace to the world. Peace to the world. It's your player partner, AJ Shocker. You know, uh, I'm blessed and highly favored with more flavors than annihilated. So I'm real good. I'm real happy to be here. It's a pleasure to meet people who really take the culture serious because independent hip hop and independent music has been the backbone of the community for the past, I don't know, forever. How does your music not only connect you to the community, but it shows the community it has a voice coming from it that represents it? Well, you know, I, I always say it's like this, right? I feel like I'm the embodiment of hip hop all the way, you know? Let, let's look at my story, right? My folks, they from New York, right? So they got to see the origin of hip hop. I'm talking about from the, uh, b- before the cool hurt sugar hill days, I'm talking about right then. Then I'm born in California, so I got to grow up and see West Coast hip hop and I live in the South. So I'm inspired by all these different things, you know? So, um, and I know what hip hop is meant for it. Number one, you know, it's about empowering the community with a strong message and uplifting our people. So I know that first, I think that along the way somewhere in the game that got a little lost in translation, but that's why I'm here. And I felt like I had to start making music cause I'm not hearing music you know, with the kind of message that I want out the game. You know, I hear great artists, but not necessarily the message that I want to hear. So I say, you know what? I got to make it myself. What if I told you hip hop is not music at all? How would you take that? And what does that mean to you, that statement? I agree, because it's a movement, you know, it's definitely not just music, it's a lifestyle. And I think that's the way I try to live my life, you know, just a hip hop lifestyle. By the way, I'm just, I embody the culture, whether it's the swag, you know, whether it's the state of mind, whether it's the way I talk, the way I walk, where I'm from, the way the people uh, in the rap where I'm from, it's just the culture overall, you know? So music is just a byproduct of hip hop, you know? And I think it's just one of the ones that's, you know, giving that hard push, you know, to the limelight. But like I said, I'm the embodiment of hip hop. 
The one thing about hip hop that people take for granted is hip hop is fun. It's not always right. so street or so morbid. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And your, and your video, No Worries, is one of those videos that showed me like, yo, this dude really enjoys his craft because he's making songs where he had a gas station. He's popping. You know what I'm saying? He, the people there, it ain't about who got the bikini on or who got the tech nine in the video. What's about this is who I am and I, and I just love my life. Why do you think that era of hip hop needed to come back the way it did? And why is it so important to keep that era alive when it comes to the culture? I think that, you know, you know, just starting off thinking about no worries, just look at the title of the song, no worries, you know, and I wanted to get, you know, back to a, uh, you know, just a kind of point of living like that. I felt like the culture, like it had like a lot of negative influences and that was just kind of taking frame on mainstream publications and just all across where it not only does it trickle down uh, from the hip hop media, uh, but it trickles down to the people into the way that they think. Well, if I make a song like No Worries that's positive and, and like uplifting, it's a good little party joint, then maybe we can get some people feeling good again and, you know, just not taking the thing so serious and just living for the moment. You know what I'm saying? But it's the moments that make things happen in our lives. Right. So since you are the embodiment of hip hop, let's take that stroll because the moments are what's going to always keep things alive to us. Like, how old are you, sir? I'm only 23. All right, salute to 23 years old. That's a good age. Yeah. Check this out. What's the most devastating event you ever lived through in your life as far as a mainstream event is concerned? That's like, okay, not pertaining to me. 9-11? 9-11, where the economic crash, you know, wait, you know, that's it, really. How old are you? Nine, ten. What what was going on? Do you remember a song that will always take you back to that event? Um, yeah, but it's a positive song though. Talk I about think it. it's that uh it's that Jeezy. Um was it president? Was it black president? My president is black, my Lambo is blue. Even though the world was going, it was going through a shift at that time. And I remember like not to get into, you know, real deep into politics, but I just remember being inspired by that time. Because I remember, like, just the way that media was just portraying things, I thought we were in a dark period. So to see a song like that, and it's like, we're going to a new era of change, I was really inspired by that. And that's something that really stood out, you know, from that years. And that's around, you know, when they had that economic collapse in around the 08. So seeing Nas hop on the remix after um, he had beef with Jeezy, right? That was that's what I'm saying. I'm like, this is powerful. So, you know, I thought, you know, that's, that's something really stood out from that time. Now, stop right there. The moments is what will always keep things alive because it would put your life in perspective to major events and how it changed your life. That's why you are important when it comes to making music, because you can make a song that can not only heal somebody's mind, heal somebody's spirit, but you could give them a landmark, a benchmark, a check mark in their life where something clicked or changed for them and you can be the inspiration for that change. What does it mean for you to make music that can last for the music that can be played? That's how, to me, that's how music is supposed to be. I, I grew up in the music household, you know, where my parent, my, my dad was a DJ, right? 
My mom was just a, a super music enthusiast. My sister was a super music enthusiast. All the huge CD collection. I'm hearing all the classic music. I'm talking about from the 60s up. So I didn't, if, if it, it came out, I probably heard it. If I didn't, dang, it really got by me. But just seeing that, it's like, it opened my mind early, you know, to understand like, man, it's crazy. I'm like, I'm like four years old and I'm like, man, I love these songs and they ain't even come out in my era. But I just know that these songs conveyed a, a great energy to them. It, it, the rhythm was just so strong. It kind of hypnotized you into that moment. And I felt like, you know, if I'm going to make music, right, I need to be doing the same thing, not necessarily doing the same style, but my music needs to give that feeling where it just pulls people into that moment where they could just let themselves be free and just, just go with the flow. You remind me of one of my favorite new artists that came out within the past 10 years. His name is Samaj Savage. And what I like about him is that he is careless and fearless when it comes to the art of lyricism, production, and expression. And doing my homework on you, what I like about your music, to be honest with you, is the fact that you are careless. You have cadences that are different in songs because you don't always rhyme the same. And not mm -hmm. only that, you push the envelope on talking about things that most people will kind of glaze over. Because some people are so, some people are so hell bent on, I got to make a hot song that they forget. I got to have a hot message to make a hot song. How do you take, how do you take care of your creativity to know that, yes, I can do this, but let me make sure I hit the heart of the matter so that people can bop to the beat, not bop to the beat because the beat is just hot for, for hotness sticks. I mean, you, you pretty much just said it, right? So it's like, okay, because, you, you know, like, I, I'm going to keep it real with you, right? Like, I love, I love all kind of music, right? Now, now, let's be honest. Have you ever heard of a positive song where the message was great, but you ain't like the song? That's gospel music for me. Right. It's just like, you know, it, it's killing my mood listening to it. It's like, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling what he's saying, but it's not really something I'm going to go back to. But I was like, I didn't want to be that kind of guy. If I look at all the greats, right, no matter what kind of song they made, you could always go back in their discography and you could always see that at some point they had a song that had a great message and the beat was hitting. It was something that it was universal. It was something that you could play for your grandma. You play people down the street. It's in the club. It's on the commercials. It's everywhere. And it's, it was just hypnotizing people. And I always thought, like, even if I'm going to have a message, I could still be cool. It could be cool to give a message because I thought that's what hip hop was. That's what it is to me. That's what music is to me overall. Life. Right. So tell me about For The Record, because that's one of those records I heard that, that kind of stood out to me. And it's something that yeah. really, it's something that I think really needs to be talked about when it comes to the art of expression. Talk about that track. Look at the opening line. I'm, I'm glad you said that, because that's one of my favorite songs that I felt like when, when I had initially put it out, it didn't have a video. So it was just the audio, right? And I felt like it didn't get that, it didn't get that respect that it needed. So when I dropped the visual, people was really listening then. So look at the opening line. Always keep it official when you aim for your dreams. Money, power, respect, the three things in between. I'm like, man, that's the world we live in. I gotta, I, I don't hear, I don't hear young dudes my age talking about that at all. So it's like, I got to say it, but that's just where my mind's at. 
And at that time, you know, I was just, I was in a transition phase, you know, just, I was gaining knowledge, but I was just moving through life, just seeing different things, seeing how people move, seeing how the world operates. I'm seeing how the, uh, how the dark underworld's operating right in front of my face at the same time. And I'm just like, damn, there's more to life than what I think it is. So that's why I really came with, you know, that opening line sequence and, you know, the rest of the bars are pretty much self-explanatory. That was, that was that song for the record where it was like, you know, I just wanted to, you know, just pour out everything I was feeling at that moment, you know, and just let it go. And, you know, the thing that was so tight about it was like, not only is I'm, I'm giving bars, I'm giving the message and the cadence is ill. I thought the beat was dope too, because it was a boom bap and then it switched to a trap beat. So I felt like I was hitting two worlds at the same time. I'm glad you said that because you telling me about your, 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 you're a gumbo kid. You are a mixture of so many things that came out to be the embodiment of a, of a culture. Right. Tell me about the influence of New York and Sacramento and Texas and how they influenced the gumbo. So when you rhyme, you're a chameleon and over any beat you can adapt so that you can hit the heart of all three territories with your one sound. Absolutely. You know, one of the, um, you know, one of my favorite artists of all time, just favorite MCs. And, you know, he's a real controversial brother. I ain't gonna lie, but just his craft, the way he does his things, you know, the game. Like, look at him. He's a student of the game. And just growing up being a kid from California, like, he's always been one of the guys I grew up seeing. Because, you know, first CD I had was 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. So that whole G-Unit era, I grew up seeing that in the West Coast first. You know what I'm saying? So I always had high-level respect for game. But... The thing was, what I learned from listening to him was that, you know, when you look at his albums, he had real diverse tracks. Like, he'll do a song, like, he'll get on the track with a brother from the South, and he'll have that Southern cadence. And I'm like, dang, he West Coast. He'll get on the East Coast track, and he and he's spitting just like he's from New York or Philly or something like that. And the West Coast, he had it all day, you know? So I always thought, I, I, I kind of wanted to be that kind of artist. Not, not where, like, I'm trying to copy people from different, you know, different areas, but you know, I could just fit in and I got something for everybody because, you know, just based on the way my life has been, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm a hybrid artist. And that's why my sound, not too many people can box me in with other people because it's just look at the life I live, just living in those three different states. So I've always been open minded to, um, you know, all different forms of hip hop. So once moving, you know, and living in each different state, I got to study the music from different areas and got to see like, OK, as I moved to this state, oh, okay, people listen to different artists. Okay, so then I started going down the rabbit hole and going through discographies of artists that I never heard before or who I maybe I just glanced past them and didn't pay no attention like I should have. But then, you know, once being a student and really, you know, taking that chance of uh, discovery, you know, I got to really learn something and pull something great from, um, you know, from each region of hip hop, you know. So even the Midwest, you know, I lived in the Midwest for a period too. So I lived. He's like, I live in four areas, you know, I'm coming. So that's why I'm a hybrid, you know, like you said, a gumbo. Um, if it was the South, you know, I, especially when I came out here, I always say it's crazy. My first show, um, my first show that I ever did, I opened up for uh, Big Tuck, you know, and he's a Dallas legend, you know, Southside the Realist. That's, that's a Southern anthem. And at that time, I didn't even realize, like, how, you know, what was the, like, the seriousness of me opening up for him? And I'm like 18, I'm just trying to get on the stage. But I didn't know at that time, you know, who Big Tuck was. So 
even seeing that is like, dang, like it, it was meant to happen. It was it was meant to happen, you know. So I got I got respect for the South. I grew up on like three six mafia. I love UGK. You know, Bun B is one of my favorite Southern rappers of all time. You know, uh, Houston Underground MC K Rhino. You know, he don't he doesn't get enough praise. You know, zero. You know, I like guys like that. I grew up on Outkast when I was young. Outkast they were one of the first groups I ever seen. I always seen their videos. So, and I was living in the West Coast at that time. Living in the West Coast, I could go. I can name all the legends I grew up seeing. They inspired me. My parents from the East Coast, so they gave me that New York and that East Coast feel. You know what I'm saying? So I just always had respect for uh, people for where they come from and just their point of view on life. And I was like, you know, I, that's something I always wanted to implement into my music because you know, I've you know been blessed to be well traveled at an early age. So I've always viewed life differently than most people, especially where I'm from in my age. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to life, because one thing about life, not only does it never stop, it keeps giving whether you want to receive it or not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I always say this, life is the classroom without walls and experience is the best teacher. So if you're not really paying attention, you're going to learn something at any, any time, any day. You just got to be on point with what you're learning. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Check it out, everybody. This is Heritage Hip Hop with AJ Shaka right now. Somebody who not only is making the world better with music, but he's making music to make the world better. Check that out. Tell me about GT2 and the process of making that as opposed to the new project, which you can introduce as well. Right. So the process of making GT2, you know, that it uh, it took me a long time to get it together, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um you know, when I made GT2, that was a good chapter. I really, I really respect that chapter because it, it propelled me and gave me the work ethic that I needed to be able to make trillers against. But, you know, as far as GT2, um, you know, that was the whole pandemic. You know, I only had one song ready. I had no worries. And um, I had put that out in January of 2020. So I kind of had pushed that one song for a hot little minute. And I was just, I was, man, when I say I pushed that one song, man, I was pushing it anywhere I could around the world, any kind of radio, you know, press bug, anything, you know, so the video helped too. And it helped me gain some new fans. And, uh, you know, just that whole time period, you know, going through the pandemic, I was really hit on reset mode, trying to figure out how I'm gonna make my next move. You know, a lot of recording studios were going down, performances were shut down. I was supposed to go on tour with Jay Stone and, um, and Fashion, um, you know, March 2020 of the pandemic. That was going to be my first uh, major national tour. I was going to fly her and all that. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, things fell through. And, um, you know, I felt a little sad about it, but I was like, nah, I just got to keep going and just I got to grow through this moment and keep going. So that's kind of, you know, the culmination that led to GT2, um, which is a sequel to my first project, my first uh, retail project, The Growth Tape. So, you know, I was pretty much just working on GT2 the whole, pretty much the whole 2020. Honestly, I had a lot of tracks that didn't make it. And honestly, it was going to be more tracks, but in the end, we felt like less is more. You know, so one of the things was when I was working on GT2, I wanted to expand my range. I wanted to show like, okay, I'm not just, you know what I'm saying? I'm not just like traditional hip hop. You know, I can, I'm a young guy, I can cater to my crowd, you know, people my age too, you know what I mean? And, and um, have something for them. So that's where you get songs like Gimme, you know, that's where you get songs like Split Two, you know, and um, that's where you get songs like Godspeed, you know, 
thinking of that project, I wanted to like touch back to my roots of hip hop and why I wanted to make music, you know, in general. And, um, you know, I felt like, man, I didn't, I'm from the West Coast. I didn't have no West Coast songs out, you know, that was popping like that. So, you know, that's what, you know, pushed me to make Godspeed. And that's like, that's like easy for me. As easy as it is to make like a real lyrical track, it's super easy for me to make, to make like a West Coast one too. Cause that's where I'm from, you know, it's like second nature. So I was like, no, nah, I got to do that. You know, um, records like Gimme, I love that hard sound with the 808 hitting, but I was like, I had to find one that, that works for me, you know? So, um, and not only did I want to do that style, I wanted to do that style and get some game at the same time, you know? So shout out to my bro, um, Deuce Freight, um, for, you know, collaborating and hopping on the track. You know, he's a battle rapper doing his thing. And, um, you know, I feel like he added some character to the track as well. And, um, you know, shout out to SKW, my brother Black for, you know, doing, um, for making Gimme, Godspeed and um, and Split 2, you know. So even Split 2, you know, I like alternative hip hop as well. So I was like, you know what, you know, Split, um, was, the first original Split was one of the first, you know, nice songs off of uh, the original Grow Tech, you know, that people were really liking when I performed it. And I was like, you know, the thing with Split was I, I never felt like I fully got my full point, you know, conveyed. You know, maybe it was just a skill level thing and I want to work through it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not like I didn't feel satisfied with the record, even though people was, you know, vibing with it and it was good live. But I was like, no, nah, I could do better. You know, so that's what pushed me to make Split 2. And, um, you know, I heard the beat and I was like, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of sound like Split 2. So, you know, it just kind of came real natural. And, um, you know, when it came to like could have been me, you know, let's look at last year. You know, we had George Floyd and just, you know, Tatiana Jefferson. I'm right here in Dallas, you know, so. But Tatiana Jefferson got shot in Fort Worth. My, my family lives out there in Fort Worth. So that really hit home for me. And I didn't feel like, you know, I felt like she didn't get enough uh, national press coverage. You know what I'm saying? On her name. Um, thinking of Botham John, I said Botham John and for the record, you know, RIP to Botham, major cities turn to Gotham. You know what I'm saying? Look at the, look at the streets. Look at, look at the riots, you know, look at, you know, just everything going on at that time, you know? So, um, you know, that's what kind of even pushed me to make, you know, could have been me. So shout out to my uh, my big brother, uh, DJ Junebug and uh, Miss B. Shout out to the fam and all them, you know, for lacing that record. And, um, you know, I could have I could have went in the direction where the record was more hard hitting, but I didn't feel like it was that kind of song. I felt like I let it I needed to have something where it sounded nice in the background and I could really let the lyrics shine with the message, you know, and, um, you know, it was really good. So when we shot the video for it, you know, it was even getting some press. Um, you know, from like some of the Democratic Party, women's Democratic Party, and some other people and stuff. And, you know, that was real cool. You know, they were saying it's powerful and all that. You know what I mean? At that time, I never had anybody say, wow, that wait, you know, with this brother, this young brother, you know, just made this video. It's very powerful, the imagery and the message. I was like, you know, so that was gratifying for me, but not only, you know, because they're giving praise, but because I finally made a song where I fully conveyed my message of consciousness to the people. You know, I didn't want to just be like a conscious rapper, but you know, a lot of people know me. They know me for being a deep guy. You know, I'm real cool, nonchalant, have fun and stuff, like no worries. But also there's a deeper side to me where, I, you know, I'm definitely about the knowledge. And I was like, you know, one of my um, own critiques to myself at that time was like, damn, man, I'm like, I could make a, you know, a dope hook. I could make a great verse. I could pick a good beat, make a great song that sounds good to the people. But I didn't, I didn't feel like I had that, that real concrete, um, great song with a message, you know? So for me to make that one, that was pretty much like, you know, the home run for it, you know, with me. And, um, you know, it's pretty much led to everything, building up, 
you know, I pumped out uh, multiple videos for GT2. Um, you know, all of them got good reception. And, you know, you know, when we got to January of this year, um, 2021, still January 3rd, you know, just three days into the year, you know, uh, we got in contact with Marcus Boy Beats. You know, Marcus Boy has been seeing me work and putting in work for years. You know, he's seen me on South by Southwest. You know, he knows my mom. My mom's my manager, right? And, um, you know, he just got a lot of respect for us, you know? And, um, he, like, he seen me working. He's like, yeah, it's time. You know what I mean? So, you know, I was very humbled that he wanted to work with me at that point because just knowing, you know, all the range of artists that he worked with and the legends, you know, I, that was really uh, humbling to me. So, you know, for him to say that, I was like, okay, well, it's time for me to take it to the next level. I had like two other projects planned, you know, to work on um, for this year. But when Trillers of Gits kind of, you know, came on the table and I didn't know it was going to be called Trillers of Gits, but when that, you know, collaboration, when uh, Marcus, you know, came on the table, it was like, well, Marcus is trying to do this record. So I think we're going to push these other projects to the side. We'll get, we'll get back to those at another day. You know what I'm saying? When it fits, it makes sense. So oh, wait, so wait, let's focus on that right now. Cause I don't want to get too far off of the topic because Trill As It Gets was a change in sound when it came to the creation of a project. Right. The beats are a little cleaner and your voice is a little more hard hitting. And one I could tell you it was Mike Check. You and John Jiggs got together on that. Now, John Jiggs is a very lyrical New York artist and you represent the new trend of the voices is coming up into the game right now. What did doing right. that track mean for you to be able to spar against someone who's known to be lyrical, but not to be overtook on your song? Man, it, it meant the world to me because, you know, same thing with Marcus. John is another guy, you know, shout out to John, my big brother, right. For always supporting and pushing me to uh, go further, you know, you know, than I thought I could, but, you know, just, just him getting on the record. He's another guy who's seen me develop over the years. I remember, you know, my mom telling me like, man, it was 2018. We're seeing John work back then. And it was like, damn, I'm seeing him on tour doing this thing. I'm like, man, I was trying to do it like John is. So she's like, man, you got to put in your work. And I was like, yeah, you're right. John's working for real, you know, putting it together. So, you know, so um, for things to align and John, you know, was uh, glad to get on the record and, um, and hop on my check, man, I'm, that meant the world to me. So, you know, when I first heard the beat, uh, Marcus sent it, I was like, whoa. Number one, I always wanted to get on uh, get on that melody. I always wanted to. That's one of my favorite melodies. I'm from California, you know, so hearing that, that's that's classic right there. And I was like, I, I got to bring it in. And uh, I have to do it in a way that nobody else did it, you know, so. Um, you know, once I, I it just kind of came together, like I like I didn't have the um, the structure that I wanted to do. But once I heard the beat, I just knew like, oh, this oh, this, this sounds like something called like my check. It just hit me, you know, like and it's just to go, go. And I could hear the crowd like back in the day. I was like, you know, it, it just kind of came and I just laid it down. And, um, you know, I was like, yeah, I got to this one. This, this is one of those ones where I've been, um, you know, waiting to do it for a long time. This one kind of one of those tracks like. When I look at the legends I admired, you know, growing up, you know, they was on real dope beats like that. And I was like, yeah, well, I always remember telling myself, like, man, when I get to a point, when I start getting on production like this, I got to go in, you know. So that was my whole mindset. And, um, you know, I pretty much laid the verses down. I got my own recording set up at home, you know. And um, and I think I, I'm not sure if I had uh, mentioned getting John on it. I think my mom might have uh, even mentioned getting John on it. And I was like, shoot, all right, if he'll, if he'll do it, you know, because John's a busy guy, you know what I'm saying? Just doing his thing. You see, he's working. 
Shout out to the Monopoly um, fam. Yeah, shout out to them. Or then the whole squad, shout out to the family. So, um, you know, we had a show, we had a show lined up in May, you know, uh, the appreciation of the queen uh, for the hip hop chef, uh, Miss Valerie Brass, when my auntie's out here in uh, Texas, right? And um, John, you know, uh, came out and did the show. So the day before doing the show, um, he arrived at night, you know, him and the squad, they arrived and he came to the crib and we, I was just playing them some of the beats, some of the songs I had there for the album, you know, Trolls Against. He wasn't finished at that point, but, you know, the guys were, you know, really feeling the records and telling me, man, they were pressed. I was, I was feeling good. And he was like, yeah, I could do that mic, that mic check joint. So he just, man, bro just wrote that joint, you know what I'm saying, real quick, boop, 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 boop. And he was like, all right, I'm ready. And then he just went in, it's like, all right, boom. I went and engineered him. He recorded, he laid it down just like that. You know, and I was like, damn, I'm like, that's the standard that I need to be doing this. Just like how he just went and did it like that, I need to be doing it the same way. Going in there, boop, 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 done. And, um, you know, that was really inspiring. So the next day, literally, the next day, guys got in uh, late night, laid the verse down. They probably left around 2, 3 in the morning. We got up. We got up early in the morning. Video shoot at 9 a.m. And we knocked out the video. Let me you ask you a saying? question. Well, let, let, let's take it from that aspect, aspect because... Something you just said sounded reminiscent of something you said earlier, which is representing the work ethic and having the voice, correct? Yeah. Dave Chappelle just did a, a, a special called The Closer where his voice and his topic of choice not only is a hot topic, but it's controversial because now people are seeing the value of a voice and how a voice can be taken out of context. People can use their context to try to change your voice or even look at Kyrie Irving who hasn't said anything at all until recently, but everybody thought they knew what he was talking about. Right. The great Nina Simone once said that the responsibility of an artist is to make music that reflects the times in which they're living in. With songs like It Could Have Been Me, with songs like uh, Mike Check, with songs that border on the reality of life that people don't touch, like Rich In My Heart. Right. Your catalog grows out of not only experience, but life lesson as well. What is the deepest life lesson you learned from doing music that has taken your outside of music life to the next level man it, it's so many things I, I could run down the whole list but i think if i was just you know being straight to the point right i would say like pay attention now i know that that's very vague but literally pay attention you know i would say pay attention um the work ethic has to be there just from what i know just all these years in the game right uh, I know I've been doing this for six, seven years, seriously. People, you know, from what I see, when they see you working, man, you could really start putting some things together. They, they see you working and, and uh, you, you're going hard on your craft. You're, you're dedicated to improving yourself, not only as an artist, but as a person. Everything reflects, you know. Um, I think about if you don't have a purpose, somebody else will use you for theirs, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a multitude of things. You know, I, I really think uh, taking time to uh, reflect and um, 
you know, go back to the drawing board. Even if you're you're great, you know, let's let's strengthen your weaknesses. Let's continue building. Uh, be open minded. That's something I had to learn too. You know, I'm I was so trained on uh, growing up on being a leader that maybe sometimes early on in my career, um, I, I didn't listen to others on my team who provided great uh, insight and thought ideas. You know, when I should have listened to them. So I can admit now as I'm older at 23, like uh, when I was younger and we was uh, doing work with Sony, right? Like, dang, maybe maybe I should have listened more. Maybe maybe, maybe if I had listened and been open-minded in my process, because some of these people, they know what they're talking about. They know, they know more than me at that time. I'm still a young guy, you know, trying to figure things out. They know this business more than me. And I had some good people, you know, guiding me through the process, you know, who, who still are. You know, but um, I had to be open minded and I can admit that, dang, man, if I had listened to my mom years ago and this is 100. I would have been further than I am right now, but it's OK, because now I have the knowledge where I won't make the same mistake again. Now I know how to be open minded. Now I know when to lead. Now I know when to pull back. Now I know when to talk. Now I know when not to talk, you know, um, now I know that less is more. Instead of trying to give too much, I know when to pull back and just give a little bit and feed them and make them want to give more, you know? So um, it, it's a lot of things like that, you know? Learning how to uh, learning how to network with people in the game. That, that's one of the earliest things that I learned because, you know, I used to be a real introverted guy to myself and hip hop was the thing that I loved that, you know, really pulled my personality out. So when people see me perform, they'd be shocked because they'd be like, wait a minute, that's that chill dude? And then they see me on stage going in, they like, yo. So people be mind blown from that. But, you know, through the pursuit of networking, you know, what I learned that, what I learned is like, you know, a lot of people, if you, you see, like, they always talk about network and build your contacts. But now what I know is, okay, it's not just about building the contacts, right? It's about nurturing the relationships that's built from the contact. Follow up with people, you know, hit them up just to see how they doing. It ain't always got to be about business and music. Hey, man, you doing good? How the family? How your health? Y your mental is okay? And that really, that really goes a long way. That's something I learned. It really goes a long way. Um, it does. And that's one thing I say many artists fell at is that, I mean, me as a media person, if you really want to be big, you have to cater to the media. And I see why. I didn't understand that before I became a media person. But until you cater to the media you don't get the respect of the relationship that you're building in the nurturing aspect. Cause one right. thing, one thing I don't like is when people think, let me collect numbers to make sure I have the Rolodex. It's about out of the numbers that I have, who's the person that's really taking advantage of the situation and showing me not only that they're worthy, but they're showing me that they really live the craft, not just do music. You see right. what I'm saying? And Absolutely. shout out to you, because my man is representing the East, the West, and the South. And when you have an album named Trill As It Gets, that's there's nothing more South than that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Shout out to Bun B, one of the best ever. I'm a smoke, my smoke, I'm a drink, my drink. Look, if you don't right. know about the Underground Kings, we got a problem on Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. podcast. Hey, hey, but look, we running out of time, man. <laughs> we we got to the end of the interview just about. <laughs> Damn. 
Hey man, look, you know I can talk. I I, I start going, man. I, I'm one of them kind of cats. I might do it. Uh, you gonna see down the line at some point. I probably do a, a little two two hour joint. We going in. We you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with yeah. that. Let me ask you yeah. a, co- a couple more questions about Trill as it gets, because I think it would be very corny if we didn't talk about the album enough, because that's your new project right. out right now. Everybody, Trill as it gets is out right now to purchase on all music platforms. Heritage Hip Hop does not believe in streaming. We believe in purchasing because if AJ Shaka has music that you like or you love, we ask that you do not rent the song because if the internet ever went down, you would not have your song. So if he has a product right. that you like, make sure you buy the product because guess what? I got my two albums. You need to go get yours. And I'm going to just say that. Salute. Salute. I appreciate that. Salute. As artists, right? Look, and that's that's how I'm trying to coach my fans too. You know, buy the joint. Look, y'all want me to be big. They, they be talking about, man, man, bro, you're going to be big one day, man. But, Okay, well, look, if you want me to be big, then buy the album. You know what I'm saying? Buy the album. You, you, you helping me so much. You helping me more if you buy the album versus streaming it. And think about what he just said in the song, which is track three in the album, Give My All. Tell him about that, and let's go out with a bang. Uh, what, the, the line, my favorite line of the song, Uncle Kitty said, be patient. Your back is cunning. More witty, cunning. Marathon running, 50 large power over. This a king drumming. Niggas capping songs, ain't seen nothing. Get that shit out your mouth, boy. You need plumbing. I'm, I'm see, I'm saying I'm tired. I, I was tired of this game because I'm feel like we're not we're not hearing enough substance. That's why I made trillers against. You know, that's why I titled the whole project that. That's why I made songs like Give My All, because I'm like. Now I know what I need to do to be able to get to where I want to be. I got to give my all. Mm-hmm. You know, um, look at Rich in My Heart. That, that song took me like five, five, six years to write. You know how many different versions I had of that song? But that's the one that made it. I heard the beat. I'm like, dang. What does it sound like? It sound like Rich in My Heart. The lyrics just wrote itself. I, I don't even feel like I wrote the music. I ain't had no ghostwriter, but just the way it was coming to me, it just came so natural. Just done. Looked at it. Damn, yo, that's that's breaking my heart. You know, all these different um, topics and themes. You know, strong points in the album. I wanted to convey that message and give that character, that bravado, that grittiness, that smoothness, that that player, you know, just that soul and and just so I'm a real person. We'll, I'm a real human being. I feel like it's not enough substance in the game. That's why I named it Trill as it gets. Because we need more people being Trill as it gets. We need we more need. music that's being Trill as it gets. We need more music and, out and there. Not, and not true. just coming out the South. Not just nah. coming out the South. Period. <laughs> we right. need more music that represents true. So give everybody your social media so they can find you and get fed by this truth that you're giving. Make sure y'all give y'all all. So y'all make sure y'all listen and give my all off the trill as it gets. But um, y'all go ahead and follow me at AJ Shaka. That's A-J-C-H-A-K-A. After this interview, man, y'all know the name, man. Y'all, y'all listen to that trill as it gets. It's AJ Shaka. Shaka like Shaka Khan. Shaka like Shaka Zulu, you know. I'm number one, man. That's how I try to live and just do my thing, man. For real. So I appreciate the interview. 
I appreciate the write-up, you know, uh, from Heritage Hip Hop. That was one of my favorites, seeing it from the album, you know. I Yeah, we got on the billboard. We got on Pitchfork and all the other names and all that, right? But when I read the joint from Heritage, I, I felt grateful still. I still felt touched. They still wrote about me. I, every time I get something, man, they took time out their day to do that for me. Man, that's respect. And that's how we, we roll. get back to the humility, for real. That's how we roll. So the funny part is, ladies and gentlemen, he's talking like the interview's over, and it's not. That was part <laughs> one of the interview. <laughs> this is part two of our interview, which is our rapid-fire questions. The rapid-fire questions are not yes-no questions. The rapid-fire questions show your depth of understanding of yourself, your culture, and the art that you live by making the music that you do. Are you ready to play this game? Absolutely. Let's have some fun. Here we go. Question number one. What song or album from another artist perfectly describes you? Uh, the Game 100 featuring Drake. Uh, one of my all-time favorite records right there. It's the truth. 100. I ain't got to say nothing else. Keep it 100. All right. Question number two. What is the perfect hip-hop beat? Meaning, if this person never came out with the song, you would have had the beat and it would have been your first single. Oh man, Whew, that that's tough, man. Cause I, I love I love some dope beats. I ain't gonna front. Um, you know what? I don't know. It it, it might be, and it's crazy. I because usually I would pick a more new school beat for a question like that. But I'm actually gonna take it back to the old school because there's two beats in particular that come to my head. That uh that Gangstar Mass Appeal beat. That joint is crazy. And then um. And then that Nas New York State of Mind Part Two, that joint is crazy. I was like, yo, both of those beats right there. If it was up to me, I would have came out with those myself and did something different. But it's all good. They classy. You are the second person this week who I heard talked about that beat being one of their favorite beats. Shout out to DJ Premier Nas New York State of Mind Part Two on the Nas I Am album. If you don't know where it is, there you go. Question hey. number three: Art is the one of the most important it art is one of the most important backbones of hip-hop culture itself whether it's on the street corner on a wall or even now in anime the most underappreciated art form in hip-hop is the album cover tell me about the use of all the colors on trill as it gets and what it means it was it's the range of emotions that you're going to get when you listen to the album we did a I, we did a vision board for this album. Shout out to my boy Z for doing the uh, for doing the concept in the in the um, in the cover art. Shout out to my boy TJ for shooting the shots, right? But those all those colors convey the emotions from every song. So when you look at the colors on the cover art, you know what the song fits that based on once you listen to the album, you have an understanding. Life is a range of emotion. And music is the Rolodex that keeps the emotions in check. What is the most emotional song that ever hit you? And this is what I mean. Emotion doesn't mean you crying or something. Emotion can mean it got you up for something or inspired you to something. What song inspired you to be a better artist, not just appreciate music? Man, what's, what song? Um, Kendrick Lamar, All Right. Off of, uh, to Pimp a Butterfly. Man, that, that song really hit me. I, I used to train to that song every day when it came out. That 2015 period, uh, man. I respect I that. I felt like, 
you know, all right. I messed up, you messed up. With God got us, we gonna be all right. I needed that at that time. That song really pushed me. All right. Okay, good, 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 good joint. I ain't gonna lie. But I gotta test you. I gotta test your mind right quick. You mind? Yeah, let's do it. In my bag of tricks, coming from what you said in this interview, East Coast, West Coast, and South. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite hip hop moments of all time is when the Crooklyn Dodgers came out for the Crooklyn movie. And we had three MCs that represented hip hop in New York that was just different. I'm from New Jersey, by the way. Salute to the Garden State. Okay. And um, by having that, we got to see different styles come together to make a classic song. It was so good. They did it twice with DJ Premier and once with Ninth Wonder. All right. If you had to make your Crooklyn Dodgers, who would be your one? Who would be the, the, the one song that you would like to see artists get together from one artist from the East, one artist from the South, and one artist from the West? And who would produce the track to represent hip hop to you? Oh, man. That, that sounds like it sounds like the Avengers coming together on one beat. Uh, I'm gonna count myself as West Coast, so I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the West Coast up, particularly just for this one. Me on the West Coast. Um, I had to make it so tough though. You know? um, from the South, who, who would I put on there from the South? Um, Andre three thousand. Um, that Andre verse is about rare as it gets. You know, so um, the next artist from the East, um, so many different directions I could go with it. Uh, you know what? I think um, it's crazy as it would be. I have to put Busta Rhymes on there, man. I have to put Busta Rhymes on there. So me, it, it's going to be a crazy record. Now, the bars is going to be insane. And um, it's going to tie together. But me... Andre 3000 and Busta Rhymes because I felt like it's a record that nobody would ever expect. And then um, who's the producer for the beat? <clears throat> so many different directions I could go with it. In one sense, I want to name uh, Hit Boy because I'm seeing what he did today with Nas. And then I and then I think of a guy like um, um, like Just Blaze or um, what's my man name? Ah man, I feel like I'm forgetting some producers' names off top, man. Uh, maybe Q-Tip, maybe Q-Tip do the beat, you know. Um, who else? Who else could do this beat, man? Somebody, somebody nice. Maybe, maybe Ninth Wonder. Maybe Ninth Wonder. Um, somebody like that. Yeah, I probably I go with Ninth Wonder, and I and I feel like he'll give it that soul, and he, and he knows how to give it that heaviness that it needs as well. So yeah, Ninth Wonder on the beat. Andre 3000 representing the South. Buster Rhymes, charismatic self, representing the East Coast. Peace to God. And me representing the West. And I think that would be a record. I feel like the reason I selected those two MCs, I feel like, number one, just because knowing they're on a track, they will pull some greatness out of me that I didn't even know was there. I know I'm great, but I'm saying they'll pull some greatness that I didn't even know was there because that I had to come that hard just based on how talented they are. And skilled they are. Those are legends, so I have to really show up. You know, wow. Knife Wonder is gonna show up on the beat. We already know that, so you know, wow. I, I would really be. That my thing is, I would be curious as to what the beat would be that Knife Wonder would make. 
Because wow. I'm not really concerned with how they would come on there, but what would the beat be? That would be the guiding force, I think. I, I'm going to take it over from right there, and let's just say make it happen as you're growing your career. Why not? Because you never know. You may be right. challenged by Heritage Hip Hop one day on a track. You never know. Let's continue Uh-oh. with our questions. Let's continue with our questions. My next question Guys. for you is this. What's the most what's the most important album cover art you ever seen? And how did it inspire you as an artist? Um that Q-tip amplified. How? That, well, I mean, look at it. You know, when you look at the cover, it's a whole a whole bunch of different versions of Q-tip. So I felt like, you know, and I here's the thing. When I first seen that cover, I, I seen it before I even listened to the album. It was years before I listened to the album, but I seen the cover. And I always thought it was real dope, just the concept. I, I felt like he conveyed life. He conveyed the different emotions of, of human beings. He's not the, even though he's Q-tip, he's not the same guy every day. There's many different versions of him. He's malleable. He has different shapes. He can fit in different rooms. He can fit in different places of the world. I feel you on that one. Q-Tip is, um, he's one of the GOATs, actually. He's one of the greatest of all time, and we got to give him his respect. We don't talk about Q-Tip enough, and um, I'm glad you said that. So salute to you. I have about four more questions, and then we're going to fade off for the night. All right. right? So I'm going to throw off the question that might mean the least to everybody else, but the most important to me. How did you like being on Heritage Hip Hop, or would you recommend us to any other artists? Absolutely. Number one, look at the in-depth questions. Look at look at the in-depth questions. You did your homework. You got me talking about stuff. I didn't think I was gonna talk about it. Salute. Them, those are the best interviews. Heck yeah, I recommend uh Heritage Hip Hop to uh all plethora of great MCs that I know of uh, producers, whoever killing the game in the culture of hip hop. Man, absolutely. Salute. 10 out of 10. I appreciate that. Salute. The next question I want to ask you is this. In the world where cancel culture is a thing, mm. social media is a place, mm. identity is an idea that can change, but mm. music is forever. How does AJ Shaka change the narrative and usher in the new instead of just continuing the norm? By telling the truth. Being unwavering in the truth, not compromising the truth for for other people because the truth is the truth, and we got to stand on that. That's how keeping it real. That's why I made trails against because it's not enough truth. Telling the truth, we got we got to talk about real life. We can we can make dope records like, and then maybe I'll say this to challenge some of the big artists. You know who gonna see it at some point, right? Like. I would love to hear some of the artists from the mainstream FM radio to make a touching song. Just, I just want to see them do it. I just want to see how it sound. Say something that's real. Like, do they do they party every day? I can't do that, man. I'll be burnt out. Let's tell the yeah. truth. We got to tell the truth. We live in an era where, like you said, it's cancel culture. It's a it's a war on ideas and thoughts and ideologies right now. The ideology that's going to be the strongest is the truth. People can bring whatever they want, but you can't deny the truth. People, see, here's the thing about the truth, right? 
see the thing I think here's the problem, and this is just my own perspective, right? But I feel like people think they view the truth like it's always supposed to be a good thing. Like, like the truth, the truth, it has no emotions of being good or bad because the truth is just the truth. So now we got to get to a place in society where, okay, now we start to open our minds and have a, and have a, a room for acceptance, acceptance of the truth. That's the, the one thing about wavering. truth. That's the one thing about truth. It's like the same thing as love. In order to get it, you got to accept it because everybody wants it, but not willing to accept it. Yeah. I think we got to the end of this interview and I think we did a good job. So let me ask you the last question. Before we get out of here, I want to tell everybody, make sure you like, subscribe, share, and comment. I should have probably said that at the beginning of the video. But for everybody out there who gave me it all the way to the end, I thank you for giving us your time, Heritage Hip Hop. Is brought to you by heritagehiphop.com in conjunction with the Fleet DJs, the Heat DJs. Shout out to MJ's Hip Hop Connects, the Mixtape Radio Show, A Squad Rebel Radio. Salute to AJ Shaka for giving us his time. Make sure you buy the album, Trill as it gets. You can get GT2 also out right now. Salute to the doorbell. It's, in, it's, <laughs> it's interrupting <laughs> the, uh, the interview. But um, I would also like to say, Heritage Hip Hop is brought to you by these great entities. And most importantly, we thank you because without you, the platform will not, this platform will not be what it is. So to finish off the question, I'll go answer the door. <laughs> My question is this. 500 years from now, when they go into the Hip Hop Hall of Fame and they ask, who was one of the best? And somebody says, AJ Shaka. And they go to a room and they push a red button and your hologram comes out the wall and they hear your music 500 years from now, you're going to be introduced, reintroduced to a new generation. My most important question of the first interview, because you're always welcome to come back, is what is the legacy you left behind and made the world better because you made music? No matter what kind of record AJ Shaka made, no matter what, if, we, if people felt like he was right or wrong, damn, he always told the truth. He always told the truth. He always had that confidence. He was unwavering in his pursuit. And he always had a message and stood for the people, no matter what. That's the kind of guy I am. So always make sure you tell the truth and you live the truth because the truth stands on itself. It's written in the books of scriptures that the most high is righteous because he embodies everything that we want to inspire. And one thing that it says about God to represent the God of hip hop, which is us, is this. It's written in the scriptures that whenever God speaks, his words don't come back. It's like the rain. It goes, does his job, and then he's ready to speak again. Make sure your music, your life, your principles, and your morals stand on truth, because once it goes out, it never comes back, and you'll be judged from the deeds that you do, not the things that you say only. With that right. being said, this is Karev with AJ Shaka. My man, look, I got the albums. You need to get yours too. And with that Mom. being said, be real, stay true. We are more than music. We also have the 3030 for independent music. Karev out of here with Heritage Hip Hop saying peace and we out. Peace. Salute to hip hop, man. Because hip hop just keeps going. 
AJ Shaka is somebody who not only touches his influence from three coasts, but he wants to make sure that he grows and we grow with him. By giving good music that comes from the truth, he embodies hip hop by living truth and giving his real feelings on the beats that he's given. Not only do the beats touch his heart, they touch the mind. And the mind touches the influence that gives his soul and spirit the ability to write. Check out his new album, Trill As It Gets, the new singles, and look, support these young men and young women out here doing this music. Because if it wasn't for the music, where would they be? If it wasn't for the music, where would we be? And that's another story within itself. So salute to AJ Shaka and yo, we're very proud of you, young man. Keep hip hop first. Well, keep God first, which is hip hop. Keep your family second. And most importantly, always keep the truth between all three of those things. With that being said, this is Kareva, the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, saying thank you for listening or watching wherever you get this podcast or this message. Heritage Hip Hop is available on heritagehiphop.com. We're more than music. We are the 30 for 30 of independent music and independent artists. You can become a member of heritagehiphop.com and membership is free and get membership benefits such as exclusive music and other things. Please join heritagehiphop.com to see what those member benefits are and join the movement that celebrates not only the culture but our story within it. You can also support Heritage Hip Hop by following us on YouTube and all social media platforms. Our cash app for donations is dollar sign Heritage Hip Hop. If you would like to buy merch, you can click the link on our website or you can visit the actual site at storefrontier.com forward slash Heritage Hip Hop. I'd like to give a shout out to everybody that holds us down and supports Heritage Hip Hop. The Fleet DJs, the Heat DJs, MJ's, Hip Hop Connects, TMS Radio, Mixtape Radio, sorry. I still love her. Block and social media site. A Squad Rebel Radio TV. Make sure you follow them on YouTube and A Squad Rebel Radio on all social media. And thank you to you, the people who listen and support Heritage Hip Hop and everything we do. Once again, I want to close this podcast out saying thank you to everybody who supports. Thank you to Mayhem Media for the production on the visual side. Thank you to MJ's Hip Hop Connects, the Fleet family and Heat DJ family for giving us what we need to be busy, proactive, and great. And thank you to the Most High for life. Thank you to the Most High for purpose. And thank you to the Most High for the hip hop that we share and the culture that we have built that represents us and who we are. Once again, this is Karev of Heritage Hip Hop saying peace and we out.